98FM's Now That's What I Call Sport podcast. You're on Now That's What I Call Sport on Dublin's 98FM. It's Jamie Moore here with you every Sunday morning between 9am and 10am. We also repeat the show on Now That's What I Call Sport extra on Sunday evenings. If you're not a, a morning person between 11pm and midnight and everything from the show for free and in full in the podcast section of 98FM.com. And I'm very happy to welcome a young Irish footballer to the show, Mr. Connor Pepper. How are you, Connor? How's it going, Jay? How are you? Great, thanks. Now, thanks for having a chat with me, Connor. Now, Connor is a player currently playing for Glen Torn up in Northern Ireland. And yesterday, they won their first game for, well, quite a long time. But for Connor, he's very, very happy just to be playing football at all after a very serious knee injury suffered while playing in Scotland. He played here in Dublin for Port Marnock, where he's from, joined Cherry Orchard, then joined St. Pat's under 19th before moving to Inverness in Scotland. Then to Morton and then back to Ireland. Unsure if he'd ever play football again, but after months and months of rehab, he signed for Glen Torn. And he's played almost every game this season, apart from the ones when he was a bit of a bold boy and picking up some yellow cards and was suspended. So he's going to tell us his whole story, exactly what it was like to be a young footballer, living away from home, told you'll never play football again. So, Connor, let's go straight to the day in question. Tell me who you were playing for, who was against, where it was, and what happened. Uh, away at uh, Hibs uh, with Hibernian. Um, on February the 24th, 2016, so it was, I think it was a midweek game, so it was a Tuesday night, I remember it, um, just the usual stuff, the preparation, we arrived at Hib, so big crowd, big stadium, one of the ones that we're all looking to play in when, when we're over there, um, and it was like any other game, and well, to be fair, we were actually, I think we were 2 or 3 nil up against Hibs by this point, we were having a good game, um, and then I was playing right back, the usual cross of a ball that, that I would do hundreds of times a day really training um, and then that's when the incident happened so what exactly happened and if people haven't seen as well there's you know and I love very good sports photos this is not a very good sports photo because it's Connor on a stretcher with his hands on his head knowing what had happened with four people with the stretcher but what actually happened and how soon did you know that it was really bad um, what actually happened is a lot of people would dislocate their knee just out to the side um, and just have, have a knee dislocation. Um, mine actually came up from the side, came off and, and back down and, and hit my leg. So I, I pretty much ruined the, the back of my kneecap at the time. Um, and I knew straight away, as soon as it happened, it felt like someone had gone in and stabbed me in the back of the leg with a, with a knife or something. I knew straight away I was just sort of holding the... Holding the grass and 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 saying politely how how sore it was. I'm sure you weren't uh, too polite at that time. We always see on TV, you know, the medical team treating a player on the pitch, and you go into the tunnel, and all the crowd and the manager might tap you on the chest and say, "I hope you're okay." But what actually happens to a professional footballer when you go into the tunnel and you go into the dressing room, or maybe straight to an ambulance when you're not in the gaze of everybody watching, but it's probably a really important time in the treatment process. Yeah, well, I. Obviously, I'd got on the stretcher by this point. Um, all the medical staff or, and our physios had sort of picked me up and I was going along the touchline then. Some of the Hibs fans thought I, thought I was faking it, I think. Um, I went into the dressing room and it's just silence. The doctor, the club doctor comes down, tries to do a couple of little small tests on it, see, try and um, narrow down what they think it could be. I couldn't bend my leg or nothing. Um, it started to kind of swell already. Um and and then just after that, they're just saying, look, hopefully we'll get some scans and we'll get to the bottom of it and see see the uh, seriousness of the injury. Um, after that, then the managers and the players just come in and, and they're all just doing the same. Hopefully we'll get the results back and it's OK. Yeah, and if we just go back to before the injury happened, Connor had signed and you know was doing really well for Inverness and had played against Celtic and Rangers, you know, two of the massive clubs in Scotland played and 
I think in Ibrox and in Celtic Park as well. So at that stage, things were going really, really well for you, and this was clearly a big blow. Yeah, well, uh, there was a change of manager at Inverness, and the usual happened. He maybe didn't see me in his plans, so I left and went to Morton. I won the league, and then by this year, I reinvented myself. I started playing at right back, which was new for me. I was always a midfielder. I was playing right back at the time. I'd played every single game that season. We were in the playoffs, like I said. We were away at Hibs and 3-0 up. We had a decent side. Um, so once all that was sort of going well, this this was just like a real hit, hit in the brick wall. Yeah, and I think your club went on to win the league that year and earn promotion, is that right? And No, we went. We got to the playoffs okay. and we, we got beat by... It might have been Dundee United okay. at this time in the playoffs. Um, but like I said, those big clubs like Hibs and Dundee United and all, that they're expected to, to beat a club like Morton. Uh, Hibs were taking 20,000 to games and they were playing playing Morton. And in the it was actually Hibs that put us out of the playoffs. So... We were really punching above our weight, but like I said, we had a good side, so we, we were expecting to do well that season. Yeah, and if we talk about the timeline from February 2016 when this happened, there was a small recurrence in July-August time after a period of five or six months of rehab. Then there was another scare in October, then there was another scare in December. So you had you know, been through the, the initial process of recovery and rehab and it just wasn't right for you and, and there were many setbacks in that period. Yeah, so I got my first operation pretty quickly um, in March. It went straight under the knife. I was just once I'd been scanned and all the scan came back. It was just a lot of cartilage damage, really. Um, so I got got my first operation, clean up of the kneecap, clean up of my leg, really. Um, so they they said, look, from what it was, it should have been about five six months of a good good rehab, and um, hopefully get you back in for next season. So. Obviously, that season was wrote off once I had to have surgery, um, so I missed the playoffs, came back for pre-season, the club gave me a new contract, because like I said, I was doing, doing quite well anyway, um, and then I tried to come back into training by about August, I think, it was full training by this point, it felt not bad, I was running around, passing the ball, doing my usual, um, and then out of nowhere again, I just pushed down my feet, went to go a bit longer with a pass, and it felt like the exact same thing had happened, a, a big tear and feeling of my, my kneecap coming away from my leg again. Um, I was lying on the ground, screaming in pain. And obviously, the physios and the managers knew straight away then, so I was picked up and brought back inside. Um, and then, obviously, my knee had swelled back up again, so we didn't really know what had happened again. I went to get scans. Uh, the scan had just didn't actually come back too badly, which was strange. It was still a bit of cartilage, but they said that I was going to have a little bit of issue with it anyway. So I was kind of not too sure. At this point, I wasn't really um, well read up on everything, my knee, all the possibilities, the injuries itself. Um, and so I went back at it, got the swelling down, rehab again for one or two months. Um, I think it might have even been three Um working with the physios and the doctors again, came back into training. This time, when I was running around, it felt like my kneecap was moving around my leg. I wasn't really too sure about it. I'd said it to the manager. The manager maybe said, look, you've had a big operation, then you've had another scare. Maybe it might just be in your head to try and manage it. We'll see how we get going, Like try and build up into it. I kind of knew at the time, I was like, this isn't normal. I was saying it, but look it does happen sometimes people don't maybe don't go into tackles as well or, or whatever it is um, and it was moving around then I played one pass and I knew straight away 
it had gone again. It, it felt more of a, like a pop this time, more of a like a, you could hear it. It made that noise. Um, so I went back inside, knee swelled up again, back on crutches, back into the hospital. Um, more scans, more the same answers, which didn't really sit with me. Um, so then this was sort of the last throw of the dice by this point. I tried everything. So then after that, I went down to London. I got a course of injections. Um, then I got steroid injections. So I'd had another while off. And then we tried like a non-surgical route to get to the bottom of it. Um, and he felt quite good after the injections. down in, Like the ones down in London I got were, were highly thought of. A lot of Premier League players go for these types of injections maybe in their ankles and things. It definitely took the swelling down. Took some of the pain away from my patella tendon. Started the train again feeling good. Got all the way to a resi game. I maybe wasn't trained to my full potential I know that um, but I was more just trying to get myself to a point where maybe it was in my head um, and just sorry in terms of where you were at this stage I know in the new year 2017 in Jan and Feb you met some surgeons they said stop playing yeah. and then you met a new surgeon in April time in London when you had a second operation so where in the process was this this attended the reserve game and, and when did you meet the surgeon who was eventually the man to fix you yeah, so after the the injections, I think that was about November 2016, that was after I'd come back and re-injured, and then this was the second time I'd re-injured again. So this had now got to about December time. I lined out for the reserves, which is a big thing. The club put it out on, the th- on their media that obviously I'd nearly been out for a year at this point. I'd been out for 10 months. I got back into a reserve game, um, Played the first half, looked the levels maybe not as high as what a first team game is, but it was just nice to be back out, put my shin guards on and things like that. And then in, I got through 45 minutes, I thought, yeah, everything's going all right. And then, sure enough, I pushed it out my feet, went to maybe clip something a little bit longer. I think it was like 20, 30 yards out to a winger. And then pop again. And I, and I knew then, like, that, that was that was it then. The pain was back. Um, I could get myself up off the ground when this happened when these things would happen so I'd get up and walked off I walked straight by the physios people were trying to grab me and I, I was crying my eyes out went in the dressing room I sat down on the ground up against the wall and the manager was coming in saying Jim Duffy was the manager um, and he was going look we'll find we'll get to the bottom of, we'll get to the bottom of. I, I by this point I'd re-injured three times I'd seen two different surgeons in Scotland I'd been down to London for injections at this point, there was the, I didn't really know what to think. I was just crying, and like I said, the manager was just trying to console me. Um, and then I got in the next day to train, and I didn't really want to be there. I was crying my eyes out again, nearly. The manager, the manager actually sent me home, um, and and we just really needed to, to to just step away and rethink where we were going to go with it. So, what sort of words would you use to describe how you were feeling mentally at this time? And I think we forget as well what young Irish players abroad is that. They're living either in digs or, in the case of Connor, he had an apartment and, you know, you're not sure what family and friends are around and there's certainly not as many people around them as there would be if they were here in Ireland. For example, if you were to get injured again now, which would you won't, you've got your family home to go back to. So how were you feeling then and what sort of support structures did you have to help you? Yeah, well, it, it got pretty tough, to be honest. Um, I was only on the phone because after this reserve game, I, was, I had to drive back to my flat, but I got in the car and I was crying my eyes. I was trying to explain to my dad what had happened. My dad was, like, just trying to calm me down Um just look, he just said, look, get a cup of coffee, get a cup of tea, go and sit down in your, in your couch, relax, try and breathe, and we'll, we'll see where we go. This I just was all over the place. Um, 
the in, the injury was a part of this part because I, at this point I'd done all the hard rehab and then I got told that maybe I didn't do it properly or I didn't do this right and I knew of myself I was working as hard as I possibly could and then I would keep getting re-injured um, so I would most of the days I would, I would go to the gym come home sit in the flat maybe go to the gym again come home sit in the flat and it was just starting to get a little bit a little bit too much for me this point so that was why I think at this point the manager actually sent me home for two weeks sent me back to Dublin for two weeks just to try and regroup um, be- and did you get any mental help did you get did you see anybody you know experts in that area apart from the experts for the the actual injury you know for the mental kind of trouble you were going through yeah so a little bit later once because at this point I hadn't done so I came home and then I went back and then when I sort of started to see the surgeons again in Scotland about maybe never playing again that my, everything collapsed then around me I just kind of I'd went so um Jim Duffy knew it. He pulled me a couple of times before training and that and said, look, there's something wrong. And he tried to send me here and there. So eventually Jim Duffy phoned me up and said um, about the PFA because actually it was one one of the times I was coming home and I actually found a real good friend of mine, Andrew Barman. Um, he used to play for Morton. I knew him before Morton. And I phoned him to just say, look, I need help. Um, that was a big thing. Like I didn't really want to do that. Um and he actually let me go and live with him. He he's a bit older than me now. He's thirty two. Um, I trust him. Uh, and he brought me to his house, and I actually moved in with Andrew for, I'd say, the guts of about two months after that. Um, while still seeing the PFA and still seeing seeing people like that, probably couple, maybe two or three times a month. Um, just to try and get my head around things and maybe see what I was going to do after football. Because like I said, at this point, I, I wasn't going to be playing again. Um, and and then that was that. You're on 98 FM, so that's what I call sport with Jamie Moore here on Sunday. If you're just tuning in, I'm sitting here with a young man called Connor Pepper, who is now thankfully playing again for Glen Torren up in the Northern Ireland Premier League. But he's telling us about the, the real tough time he had after a very serious injury picked up in February 2016. Connor, tell me about the comparison between the meetings you have with the surgeons who tell you you're never going to play again, to the surgeon who you find who actually says, you know what, I can actually help you, I can actually fix you, and ultimately. That's what he did, but they, I think, you know, from, from the time of Jan Feb, when you were told, don't play, when it comes to April, you find this man who says, well, actually, I can I can help you. And I'm sure, you know, the emotions sitting in the doctor's office for, from those two scenarios are very, very different. Yeah, well, like like I said, so this time Jim Duffy had sent me to a surgeon that, that, that deals with Celtic and Rangers players. Um, Ross Hall's a private hospital in, just in Glasgow. So I went in there, um, and the first time I went, I went myself, um, and he was trying to explain it, and... Not that he wasn't really getting to the point, but he was kind of—he obviously knew I was sitting there myself, and he was maybe humming and on and maybe trying to get around the point. But I knew what had happened then, so I got in the car and my hands were shaking, and I phoned Jim Duffy to say, well, "Try and repeat what he'd said," and it just—I—I I don't really remember the conversation. I barely remember the drive home. Um. So at this point, then my dad flew over, and then he came in with the physios to speak to him and we went in and he was speaking to him and he started to say all the other stuff and by this point I got I started to get a little bit angry me and my dad were in the car and we were probably fighting on the way back to the apartment I was saying you're not listening to what he's saying my dad's saying maybe that's not true I don't really agree with this or agree with that um, and to be honest in the end my dad was the one who made me go and see the other surgeon my dad done so much research Um trying to find people who were knee specialists and knee, who, who dealt with this. And my, my dad had found a 
surgeon down in London called Professor Adrian Wilson. Um, so my dad kind of contacted the hospital down there and the surgeon actually got back to him pretty quickly within about a week or two when for, for someone as high up as this guy, he was pretty pretty good. So we he asked us to build up a report from the beginning. Um, <clears throat> we built, we made the report, my physios, me and my dad, and we made it and we sent it down the road. Um, he phoned us back up within, I'd say, two weeks and says, look, I think I know what the problem is here. Um, I'd like you to come and see me and we can maybe have a discussion about it. So me and my dad, we went to London. We met the the surgeon um, and he put a couple of pages down in front of me, stapled together. It said a ligament on it, my something to do with my kneecap. So that's getting technical. And then uh, I opened it up and the symptoms of what was happening to me was on the sheet of paper and I was going up to every doctor and all my, my manager had said he, he'd been his manager at Chelsea Norwich all of them Jim Duffy had and he said in in the 34 years he's been in football he's never seen someone be able to run around pass pass and then suddenly his knee just implodes on it on itself he said he'd never seen it so then when I seen this and I was reading the sheets I couldn't believe what I was reading um so me and my dad sat there we had a conversation with him we brought the stuff back up the road and I showed it to my manager. He was just as shocked as I was. He was reading it like, what is this and where has it been for the last year? Um, so then by this point, though, I'd been injured for 14 months probably. Um, and then the next operation that I was getting was going to be a major one. It was going to be at least 12 months out again. And I'd had to make the decision right there and then whether I was going to get get this operation and, and go because at, by this point my contract was up in two months and Morton weren't going to pay the, pay for the operation. The PFA weren't too happy about that. Um, so me and my dad decided to make the decision to get the money together and, and, and go and do it. And then the rest is, the rest is uh, history. <laughs> How much did it cost? Um, I, I, the professor, when I was in there, could see I, I wasn't too sure about getting it because I knew even, even if I'd got it and it worked I'd have been injured for over two and a bit years for a manager to come and even want to take the risk on you after that is a lot and I'm wasting my time where I could maybe go to college or maybe go and get a job so he actually done some of the cartilage on my kneecap for free so I think it came down to like I think it was probably seven or eight grand then by that point um so like I said he he done me a favor and, and, and made it a little bit cheaper if he's listening, he will, of course, want to shout out. What was the surgeon's name who, who cured you? Uh, Professor Adrian Wilson. He used a lot of my stuff on his own website and on their own stuff because of how well everything went and, and how my rehab went. So uh, it was good for him to have that type of stuff to, to keep as well because when I'd done a lot of research on the injury, um, after I found out what it really was, the quote was nightmare for footballers and I could not find a player anywhere who who'd had it, I was searching on Premier League players who'd had it, or this had had it, and I just couldn't find anyone, just the only quote I could find was a nightmare for footballers, so that, that was the worst part. Okay, so this operation happens in April 2017? Yeah. It's a 12-month rehab, and the rehab was split with Connor, as he said, he wasn't offered a new contract at Morton, but he did some rehab in Dublin, and did a lot of rehab as well with the club, even though he wasn't a signed player. That brings you to April of 2018, of, of last year, just gone, we're now of course in 2019, and you're back in Dublin, and you're fit, but you're doing some rehab on your own as well. You're in, in the gym down there in Manahide United there at, uh, at Gannon Park. And you're trying to find a club, but it takes a while for that 
phone call to come and it does come from Glen Torren and the manager Ronnie lost his job recently or resigned anyway and you eventually signed for them and it's been really good up there but when you were back here you must have been wondering what's the call going to come and when the call did come and, and everything went really well you went up the road and signed there and played your first game you, you must have thought whoa that 28 months was yeah. I'm not going to say worth it but I'm back now yeah well I actually by the end of it I I like you said I've done the first part of my rehab I've done the first seven months of it in the gym in Malahide with a guy that I always use Clive Layden is a strength conditioning coach in um Platinum Gym, so I, I went to him, I've seen him probably two or three times a week doing my own work, and then I was in the Dublin Sports Santry Clinic in... Um, Santry? Santry, yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, so I was getting stuff off them as well, so then I went back to Morton, I had another couple of months to start to train and play, and then Jim Duffy actually let me do a, uh, coaching over there, so I started to take the reserves for a little bit, I was taking the sessions and then joining in, so it was nice to be able to full-time without having the intensity and pressure of a force team who are building up the games... So I, I got to that point, um, then Jim Duffy had left um, Morton, I'd come home, and then, yeah, like you said, looking for a club, I, I'd spoke to one or two, and they just weren't willing to take that risk. Obviously, the League of Ireland was in the middle of that season then, so for me to come in without a pre-season, not being tested, only played two reserve games in Scotland, it just wasn't... Um, wasn't possible to get in anywhere and then like I said one, two clubs actually phoned me up north Newry City and Glen Torn um, and I agreed to play in a in a game for Newry and then 20 minutes after I spoke to the manager there Glen Torn manager phoned me and I had to phone the Newry manager to politely politely decline and went up and played went to try and play a their last pre-season game at Glen Torn and the game got rained off the weather was horrendous and the game got called off after half an hour so I got in the car with my dad sat back on my seat and went, <laughs> I went this isn't for me dad like, it, even, even that the last chance someone had to get to see me before the season starts and the game got called off with the weather but um, Ronnie knew a lot of people in Scotland and he's been in the game a long time and he phoned around and uh I got a couple of good recommendations and he was willing to take the chance on me for six months. There's a great word, politefully. Politefully, yeah. Connor uh, quickly corrected himself. <laughs> number 16 for Glen Torn as well. You signed and we mentioned earlier on about the number of yellow cards you had. Is it 12 now? Yeah. In how many games? <laughs> Probably less than double that. <laughs> okay, so uh, for a man with a, a sore knee in previous times, he, he's not afraid to tackle. No. But anyway, sorry, on a serious note though, to have played so many games and you've been really, really good, you've been man of the match countless times and the team haven't been doing too great even though you won on Saturday, but you've been putting in some quite good performances in a team that's been struggling, the manager's lost his job, but you're back playing and you're out there in a commute from Dublin to Belfast three times a week, working in a gym here as well and doing other bits and pieces. So how do you kind of sum up since you've signed there and the kind of madness of it all? Because it's been strange that the team haven't been very good at all, but you've played and done really well. Yeah, well, I think that that sort of stuff went away pretty quickly. I remember after my first, I trained once on a Thursday, and then the game again. The first game of the season was Cliftonville on a Saturday, and I played ninety minutes. Once I got home, I actually wrote in the team WhatsApp group. They they basically knew nothing. They'd only known me for one day, huh. and I wrote to them and said, "Look, lads, I know this might not mean a lot to you, but that today meant a lot to me and my family. We're B two one. They're probably a little bit annoyed anyway, but." Um, that game there meant a lot to me personally. It was my first professional game for 28 months. So I wrote that to them. And then after that, obviously, as the season's going on, 
I'd for, I forgot about my injury now. It's all about playing. It's all about winning. It's all about getting results. Um, and like I said, I started off the season quite well, and they offered they they've even gave me a new deal since I've been up there. So everything's been spot on since I've been to Glentorn, and um, I'm very grateful for the opportunity they gave me. Yeah, I was going to ask you, you know, how you felt after that first game, but you, you you've spoken about it, how much it meant to you. So we'll finish on this. We're almost three years now on from February 2016 when the injury first happened and of course we're now in January so you'll be sitting in season in the Northern Ireland League when the anniversary of that comes around where next the fact you said you now aren't even thinking about the injury you're now playing I'm sure in the back of your head you're going something could happen again but you're also saying well if it doesn't I'm 24 now I've got another eight nine years to be a professional footballer here abroad wherever yeah well because I've been in a gym for so long as well I went and got myself a personal trainer course um I, I, I've like learned a lot from that so maybe from that side I could maybe have something to do after football and then while I'm playing football I'm really benefiting from it now um, I feel strong I feel fit I'm doing a lot of work myself um, and I think I'll, I'll take all of that with me with regards to playing I just want to keep playing um, Glentorn are a big football club. I didn't, I didn't know much about uh, Northern Irish football since I've been up there. But we we played on Boxing Day, and I think there was like ten or eleven thousand there. We played in the Irish Cup against Crusaders last week, and our fans turned. I think nearly a thousand, fifteen hundred fans turned up in the away end for us. That's a massive football club, and not even something you see that often down in uh, the Republic of Ireland. So they're a big club, and and I'd like to be making sure we're doing well and growing and, and getting better and maybe trying to trying to win a couple of things while I'm here. And very finally, a fun fact about that win for Glentor and yesterday, because we're uh, chatting, this interview will go out on Sunday, the game happened on Saturday, your goalkeeper scored a goal, his first ever goal, he runs around the Ryan McBride Brandywell Stadium like a madman and it secures a 2-0 win, was it? Yeah, 2-0. Tell me your view of the goal and was it windy and... and the other goalkeeper will be watching the highlights going, what was I doing? Yeah, the sun was really bad coming over the top. I won the foul. I'm taking an assist for that. Oh, well. Um, and it, when Elliot hit it, a couple of us went, what's he doing? And the coaches admitted after, what's he doing? And the, the other goalie was running back towards <laughs> his line and he was going side to side, back and forward and everything. And, it, and he, he actually fumbled it as well. So <laughs> El got lucky. and uh, But no, it was great. Like I said, we needed that win. Um so hopefully now we can use that and kick on next week. Connor Pepper, thanks a million onwards and upwards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 98FM. Now that's what I call sport. Get the full show every Sunday morning from 9, only on 98FM.